Hello, it's Katie in Seattle. Tiffany is in Rome, and today, something a little special. Our regular and major donors on PayPal and our patrons over at patreon.com slash thebittersweetlifepodcast are privy to bonus content. Shows that we don't release to everyone. Special episodes, like informal, unedited discussions about things we generally don't talk about on the show. Special episodes like informal, unedited discussions about things we generally don't talk about on this show. Q&A episodes where listeners get to ask whatever they want. We haven't put one of those out yet, but we're about to, hopefully in the next couple weeks. And my personal favorite, the commentary episode, where we listen back to an old episode from years and years ago and discuss it from the perspectives that we have today. And that is exactly what you are about to hear a peek behind the curtain. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to Rome and Seattle. This is exclusive content just for you. Thanks for supporting the show. Today, a commentary episode. Hello there, it's Katie and Tiffany. And this is one of those wonderful episodes where we listen back to an old episode and then comment today into how we feel about that episode. <laughs> and <laughs> and today we're looking back at episode number 77, Chow. It happened to be taped almost exactly five years ago, just a little bit over five years from right now. And it was the very last episode Tiffany did before giving birth to Aurelio. Exactly. That's how I know exactly how long ago it was. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's a day you will not forget soon. No, no. But before we comment too much, why don't we take a listen back? What year would this have been, Tiffany? 2015. Back to 2015. The last time Tiffany appeared on this show without actively raising a child. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Welcome to Rome. This is The Bittersweet Life with Katie Sewell and Tiffany Parks. Hello, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. And today, we say goodbye to Tiffany for a while. Oh. oh. <laughs> I know this was my suggestion to do this episode now, but um, now I feel really bad about it. No. It will go by so fast, my absence. At least for, at least for me, I'm sure. I don't, know about for, I don't know about for you. Yeah. For me, it'll just drag on and on. No. no. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just no, we're saying goodbye because, I mean, let's face it. Eventually, the time is going to come. Your due date is coming up, and it could be any day now. And so we just can't keep saying, well, we'll just record another one before it happens because it might be that we'd never get a chance to. So we figured that while you're still here and the baby is still not being actively born, that we would <laughs> say goodbye to you, <laughs> at least for a few weeks. Yes, at least uh, see you later. Yeah. Not a goodbye. Yes. Yes. So that's what we're doing. And so uh, we should check in on the number one thing, which is, have you named the baby yet? If you remember, no. a few weeks ago, <laughs> they still didn't have uh, any ideas. And so we asked for nominations. No, I mean, we have ideas, but we just have, have no decisions. <laughs> we have no conclusions. No, we're still not there. And that's the, like the number one question that, that I get all the time from friends and family and even the doctors like you got to name this baby and i'm like i will eventually is he gonna be one of those kids that 
he's born for a couple days six months no six, <laughs> six months. months and you're thinking well i still need to get the vibe of what kind of a kid he is before i can name him that's not possible i mean six months are there people out there who really wait that long there can't be i don't believe that's possible <laughs> no but i can see it i can see it going a couple of days but I don't know if that's possible here. I'm pretty sure you're supposed to name him the day that he's born. You're supposed to uh, sign the, whatever it is, the birth certificate or, or whatever. I just think we are going to wait, not because we want to wait, but because I just don't think we're going to come up with a name unless we are forced to. <laughs> and so that'll be the point where we're like, we have to do this. And we have discussions about it all the time. And we just cannot. I mean, I don't think there is a single name that we both like in the universe. Is that because of your blended marriage? You're from two different cultures? Yeah, I think it's because of our, our different cultures and our different, and different tastes, really. I mean, there are some names that he would name the baby that I don't think are bad names, but they're just not the name that I would choose for my child. Yeah. We're probably going to only have one child. I mean, we could have more. Who knows? But, you know, right now we're kind of like thinking of just having one. And of all the names in the world... For my one child, I'm not going to choose that. It's not me, or it's not, it's not what I really like. And even though it's not a bad name, I don't know what's going on in his head. I'm not going to try to guess. <laughs> uh, but it's not been easy. It's not been easy. But we have gotten so many great suggestions from our listeners, as you know. Really, really great suggestions. Yes, we've gotten a lot of good suggestions. We got an email from Sandy Nelson, and she suggested Clayton you don't have to respond to all these. I'm just going to read her list. Clayton, Graham, Blake, Axel, Aaron, August, Anton, Christopher, Simon, Sebastian, or Nash. My favorite of that list is Sebastian. And that was actually on my original list. It's still on my, you know, top 10 list. Because I, I basically, we basically said, it was my idea, you make a top 10 list, I'll make a top 10 list, and then we'll compare and we'll weed through them. And Sebastian was on my, and is on my top 10 list. I don't think it's going to be the name because Claudio doesn't like it. He's, he's not even like lukewarm about it. So I don't think that I would be able to convince him on that one. But I do think it's a great name. Very sophisticated, very romantic. I, I like romantic male names, I've discovered. See, I like the name Nash. My favorite one on her list is Nash. I think that's a cool name. See, Nash to me is a cool name. But see, I, I go for coolness. See, but Claudio's like that too. He goes for coolness, except his coolness is kind of like 1980s coolness. He likes names that were like popular in the 80s. Like all of the names he likes were like my classmates in elementary school. Oh, yeah, I remember a boy named Ben or Seth or, or whatever the name is. But Nash is definitely a cool name. There are a few, there's a, yeah, names really, they have like a flavor to them. There's cool names. There's classic names, there's stuffy names, and there's romantic names. And I'm finding that I really like the romantic names, for even for boys. And I like Sebastian, and I like Orlando, which is a very romantic name. And it's not that uncommon in Italy. It's not common, but it's, it's definitely heard of in Italy. And in, in the States, I don't think anyone, except Orlando Bloom, who I don't even think is American, is called Orlando. But here, it's acceptable, and I really like it, but... Claudio doesn't. Surprise, surprise. Well, Gary from Scotland wrote to you and he suggested Brody. Is that also too cool a name for you? As a rule, I like Scottish names, but Brody doesn't really capture me. It doesn't do it for me. It's a little bit too cute and too little boyish. I always try to think he's going to be a man someday. So got to have a name that works for a little boy and a man. 
Brody doesn't do it, but I do like Alistair as far as Scottish names. I think Alistair is on my top ten list. Again, it's kind of romantic. I don't know if you agree. I suppose it's romantic, yeah. I don't see why not. It's, it, why do you think you're attracted to romantic names? I don't know. I've just noticed, because I'm looking at the names on my list, they've all sort of got a romantic feel. I came up with another name, Lysander, which I really like. I think it comes from Greek mythology, but it's most known from A Midsummer Night's Dream. It's one of the romantic male leads. It's a very romantic name, and I really, really like it, but, uh, you know. Do you think you would have had an easier time if you were naming a girl? Yes, I do. I do. Do you know exactly what you would have named her? No, because I don't know if Claudio would have really been on board, but I really like the name Beatrice or Beatrice. I really, really like that name. And I also like Aurora and Leonora. I don't know if it would have been one of those three names, but those would have been sort of my top my top names. You know, I, I really got to hand it to people who are like, they're three months along and they're like, yes, if it's a girl, it's going to be X. And if it's a boy, it's going to be Y. They're both just convinced. I don't know how, I don't know how people do it. It would be great to have that kind of unity in a marriage. (laughs) (laughs) Instead of the discord that we have over names. It's really sad. (laughs) My dad sent you a list of like 50 names. I know your, that was awesome, but it wasn't just your dad, was it? It was like many members of your family. Yeah, I was the whole family contributing, but my dad was created the most of them. I copied and pasted that entire list and sent it to Claudio uh, in a text message. And he asked me, what are your favorite names on the list? I know there was, oh, Oberon, which is from the same play as Lysander. I guess I like Shakespearean names. What can I say? (laughs) I don't know if I would actually name my kid Oberon, but it's definitely... A cool name and not one you hear of every day. No, definitely not. That's almost godlike Oberon. You got one other email that was so sweet from Joao in Brazil, who was a 20-year-old. I don't think he suggested a name for you, but he shared his personal story of having an unexpected baby boy of his own. He did suggest a name. He suggested Hector. Oh, Hector. That's right. At the very, very bottom of the email, he suggests Hector. But yes, I, I really appreciated that mail because it... It was really just touching. It was moving. He kind of talks about he and his wife are, you know, very young and getting ready to have this baby that was a total surprise, but yet doing it with a lot of courage. And it was a really great message. His baby probably is born already, but he wrote, I love this line that he writes. He said, now the time is arriving, the time when I finally get to see my beloved son's eyes, which I thought was such a nice image. It is. And then he also said to you, his name is Theodoro, and I already expect the day when he becomes a man. It's really sweet. It's really sweet, especially coming from a 20-year-old. It's profound. It is. And you really liked his tagline at the end. Yeah, my favorite part was his wish to me, which was... May your son be born healthy, fat, happy, and quiet. <laughs> exactly. That would be perfect. <laughs> Those are like four great qualities in a baby. Thank you, everybody who wrote in. That was really, really nice. We're so touched when you guys write in. It's so nice. But yeah, so, okay, well, I guess we'll find out. We'll find out what the baby's going to be called. And until then, are you going to have any time to yourself? I can see your father-in-law behind you. <laughs> yeah, I'm still, I'm still at my in-laws. What can I say? Definitely beats the alternative. The alternative being roasting alive in my apartment in Trastevere and probably ending up in the hospital. I mean, when I was there last for an hour or so, I realized that I wouldn't have been able to survive there. Like literally, physically, I wouldn't have survived there. We would have either had to go out and buy some kind of portable air conditioner, which they just don't 
work like American air conditioners unless you get them installed and we're just not, we're leaving our apartment probably in the next six months. So that's not an option. So we would have had to buy some kind of crappy air conditioning that might not have worked properly. Or I would have just had to, I don't know. There was just no, I don't sit in ice. <laughs> yeah, no, but like I couldn't, I, I couldn't have handled it. Like it just literally, I, I couldn't have handled it. When you hear about like old people who die because they're in these extremely hot apartments, I can picture myself passing out. I wouldn't have been able to stay there. Like literally, physically wouldn't have been able to stay. So thank God for my in-laws. However, as you can imagine, anyone out there who has ever spent a significant time at their in-laws house, you know, it's a challenge. And you're coming up to the point where you're not going to be alone for quite a period of time. You're in your final days. Yeah, that's the exact thought that came to me today. I really would like to go to my apartment and spend the day alone, maybe run some errands, maybe get together briefly with a friend, but just mostly have a day to myself. And for three weeks, I haven't been alone for one minute, I don't think. My mother-in-law is, is a housewife, so she's always here taking care of the house in some way and taking care of me. I mean, I really appreciate everything she does for me. But, you know, sometimes you do just kind of want to be alone. And I can't even go into the bedroom I'm sleeping in during the day because it's too hot in there. The only space that's air-conditioned is the living room. So I'm pretty much always in there during the day. Do you think you're going to pull it off? Are you going to find a time to have a day to just enjoy your aloneness? This weekend, the temps are supposed to go down to the low 90s. Exciting. <laughs> That's cool for us these days. So I'm, uh, I'm planning to go this weekend. And Claudio's going to just drop you off and leave you be. Yeah, I mean, he has to work on Saturdays anyway, so it'll probably work out best all around. So, But it is crazy to think about, and I'm sure any of you guys out there who are parents, or even those of you who are expecting you know, you feel this coming, the sense of, oh, my God, I'm never going to be alone again. Oh, my God. It's scary, especially for women. Obviously, men, I think it's a little bit easier to have alone time if you're breastfeeding as a woman, you know. You're not going to be away from that kid very long before he needs you again. <laughs> and it won't last. Like a year from now, you'll be able to wander out or go out with the ladies for a drink or something like that. Yeah, no, definitely. And I mean, I, I'm sure that even before that, I will, uh, I will be able to... To take a little bit of time with the modern technology we have, breast pumps and all of that. So I'm sure that it'll be fine. Nevertheless, in those moments will be few and far between. And it won't be the way that it's been, you know, for my whole quite long life for someone who's having their first child. Can I say how old you are? I have said how old you are before. 37 years old? Yeah, I'm 37. Yeah. I'm 37. But the babies do like the day before my 38th birthday. So... So I could easily be 38 when he's born, which is fine. But I think the older that you get without having children, the more stuck in your ways you are and the more used to your freedom and your not single lifestyle, because I'm not single, but let's say childless lifestyle. It's more of a shock. I think the older you are when you have your first child, the more difficult it must be to get used to. Young mothers, like I've seen some cousins and nieces of mine who've had kids really young, like in their early 20s or even younger, and they just roll with it. There's no weight on them. It's just, oh, this is part of life. Two years ago, I was living with my parents, you know, and going to you know, high school, and now I'm a mom. And it doesn't seem like such a huge change. Whereas if you've been single for 10 years, let's say, and married for a couple of years and childless, you know, all this time, to have a child all of a sudden at 38 years old is a huge change in your lifestyle. Yeah, I was talking to a girl a couple weekends ago who is my age or older. Maybe she's a little older than me and they just had their first child. And she was saying, you have no idea how hard it is 
selfishly to now have this kid around all the time and she had no idea how hard it was going to be to give up all of that freedom that she had because in the anticipation of the child arriving you're just sort of envisioning all these wonderful moments and now that the baby's here both her and her husband pulled me aside and gave me a talk that was like a stern warning against like ever having children and their kid was like about the most charming baby I've ever met I'm sure that that's just how they were feeling at the moment but yeah I could be I, I think I do think that different couples have different experiences with it I have a friend who just had her third baby and she finds it easy and she works and her husband works and it's not like she's this super privileged woman who has, you know, a nanny and daycare and, and all of these things. The point is she just, just doesn't seem to slow her down. Whereas other fa- you know, other people, like you said, they're just like, oh, my God, you have no idea. And then I have a friend who she had her first baby, idyllic. And then once she had her second baby, she kind of took me aside and she said, you know, no matter what anybody says, you don't have to have that second baby. You can just have one. It's fine. <laughs> I think that actually really struck a nerve with me. And I think that's one of the reasons I'm like, one baby, one baby. Any, any time how you're feeling about it is going to be fluid. Yeah. I can remember this woman I worked with where I asked her once, well, how's it going? It was her first baby. How's it going? And she said, well, you want to know the honest truth of what we were doing last night? This baby was one of those ones that cries constantly. And she said, I was standing over the crib looking down and my husband walked into the room and put his arm on my shoulder And I just said to him, we have ruined our lives. (laughs) Oh, my God, Katie, you really shouldn't be telling me this stuff right now. But, but, you know, ask her. (laughs) On a good day. Yeah, I mean, no, I mean, ask her just a year later or whatever. Now that kid is probably a second grader. They love them. They're over the moon about them. And, of course, they feel like it was the best decision they made. That's what she would say now. I think at the time it was that adjustment period. It's very rare to find a parent who would say, I wish I hadn't had this kid. And I, and I don't think they're just keeping it to themselves, you know, and not telling us. I think they really don't regret having those children. It's hard to imagine regretting it. However, (laughs) um, you know, what worries me so much, what worries me more than, you know, the sort of crying and, you know, the sleepless nights that definitely pass after a certain number of months and, uh, and all that stuff. What worries me is sort of, The logistical stuff, for example. Claudia and I have always dreamed of getting to a point in our careers when we can spend three or four months a year in the States. Because he really wants to live there. I'm really not, you know, not on board with that yet, at least. Spending a couple of months a year there would be this perfect medium. That's something that in our future we're hoping to, to achieve. All of a sudden, a baby's thrown in the mix. Yes, if the baby is a year or two years old, you can do that. If your baby is in school, you can't do that. If you have a first grader or a second grader, you can't take them out of school for two or three months a year. So I think that's what gets me. It's like you don't have the flexibility and freedom to just do whatever you kind of feel like at the moment. Unless you were homeschooling. Which is not going to happen. <laughs> and actually, I don't think it's allowed here. Oh, really? I was talking to Claudia about it, and I was like, you know, I had a friend in, in, in uh, elementary school or middle school maybe she wasn't even homeschooled, but her parents decided to take a round-the-world trip 
they left in something like April and they came back in October. And so she had, a, you know, the summer vacations plus a couple months on each side. And her parents worked something out with the school. She didn't have to go back a year. They got homework. They got tests. They, they, they just they figured out a way to do it. And I was saying, saying that to him because, you know, we've always dreamed of, of doing a round-the-world trip. That takes time. It takes a good chunk of time, more than summer vacations last. And I said this to him, and he's like, oh, in Italy you can't do that. They won't allow it. And I think their schooling here is much, much, much stricter. In fact, I know it is, and I know that the standards are much more rigorous as far as testing and the amount of homework and that kind of thing. So that kind of worries me. I'm like, you know, there are things that I really want to do, and I don't want to wait until my kid's 18 because I'm not having this kid at 20. Not that you can't travel in your 50s and 60s, and tons of people do and, and beyond that, but I would like to do these things soon. I don't want to wait. <laughs> So, you know, unless we could find a way in the next few years when he's still really little and portable, but I just don't see it happening financially. I know. I know. It's so true. That's what gets me more than this. Oh, my God, I'm never going to. I mean, yes, I worry about sleepless nights. Who, who doesn't? But I think that's all very temporary. Like you said, that sort of first year when you, you know, you are a giant boob, basically. <laughs> <laughs> That does pass. Um. <laughs> Isn't that the problem of our generation, though, is that that's why we don't make choices. That's why we have trouble picking the path that we're going to walk down. Why do we all get married so late? It has something to do with our background. Not everybody is like this. Something about our background, though, I was just noticing the other day that the majority of people that you and I would consider good long-term friends, almost none of them have children yet. I know. I was thinking about that. And it's not that they don't want to or don't plan to someday, but they don't yet. And we're all almost 40 years old, which I just feel like that's unusual. It is. Maybe it's not unusual in the modern age, but it seems like in the past that would have been very unusual. Oh, yeah. I think we have way too much, not too much, but I think we have a lot of choice now. Choice about career, choice about where we're going to live, choice about who we're going to be with there's so much choice about who to be with that people I think are not finding their quote-unquote match because there's literally too much choice because you can go out on a date with someone and if they don't meet your ideal perfect standards you can say well I'll find someone tomorrow on tinder or on match.com or or wherever it just seems like there's this unlimited number of people out there whereas before you know you wouldn't really have such a large pool to choose from you would have your people at your university or your people in your work circle or friends of friends things like that yeah the people you encounter yes exactly rather than the world wide web of people yeah and i think that people i mean obviously this has nothing to do with children but with as far as like getting married late and stuff i think a lot of people are just like well I'm not going to say their standards are too high because I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing to have high standards, but I think it's very easy to be like, oh, this person has this little flaw. That's it. Goodbye. Instead of waiting it out a little bit and saying, well, let me get to know them first and see if I can handle this flaw or not. <laughs> yeah, I know. We both met people the old fashioned way. That's the one thing we, we did do. Yeah. My upstairs neighbor, Tom, who's a friend of mine from high school also, he does all the online dating things. So I've gotten to vicariously experience what that's like through him. It seems miserable to me. I mean, just because of all those choices. At the same point, though, he is a um, computer programmer 
he has very particular interests and would really like a woman that understands that world. Because sometimes when he's talking to me about what he's doing, he just can probably see my brain jump out of my ear and walk <laughs> into the kitchen. You know, like I just don't understand everything he's talking about. The wonderful thing for him about this online dating stuff is that he can specialize what kind of a woman he's interested in. And so he gets to go on these dates with all these women who have amazing computer knowledge where they can talk as if they're at some sort of specialized convention, you know, where that person knows exactly where you're coming from. And that's not necessarily people you're going to just encounter. So it does have this good and bad side. Yeah, I, I can see that. However, I do kind of feel like... I'm totally for having things in common with your spouse, an underrated quality in marriage. Like that's really, really important. You have to like, not necessarily exactly the same things, but the same sort of genre of things. You have to enjoy doing the same sort of things so that you can do those things together. But on the other hand, I think it's nice to sort of discover something through your partner. Your partner is really interested in astronomy and you maybe don't know anything about it he kind of shares his passion with you that's nice if your passion is opera as long as the person's open to opera not everyone is <laughs> but let's say your partner is an open-minded person and you take him to the opera and he discovers it through you I think that can be a really a really lovely intimate thing between a couple as, as well so I mean you don't want like a cookie cutter version of yourself a male version of yourself it's kind of that's, that's not going to be very fun right C certainly not no. Although I did watch a TED Talk. I'm, you know how I am about my TED Talks. I love... <laughs> <laughs> There's a TED Talk for every, uh, every problem in the world, I think. And I watched a TED Talk. I can't remember the name of it, but maybe we can find the link of a woman who basically... She, I think the title of the TED Talk is How I Hacked Online Dating. And she basically was... I don't know if she was a programmer. She was somebody who knew how to like set things up and statistics and that kind of thing. Stuff I don't get. And she found the perfect person for her. Like exactly the person that she wanted. Cool. I don't know how, but she did it. <laughs> Hi, Katie here, interjecting briefly. If you've come to love the show over the years or months or days, if you've just found us, support it in your own way. If you like to write... Write a review about the show on Apple Podcasts, and Tiffany might even use it in an Instagram post. If you love to talk, tell a friend about us. Tell your family members. If you have the means, donate. Your financial support is vital and a major compliment. There's a donate button at our website, thebittersweetlife.net, or go to Patreon, patreon.com slash thebittersweetlifepodcast. There are links in the show notes. And if you donate, you will get a thank you note handwritten by one of us in the mail, along with some prizes. This week, my thanks go out to Susan and Kay and Nancy and Molly over in Rome. Thank you so much for supporting the show. Well, how is Claudio feeling getting back to the baby? I mean, he's about to be a father. How's he feeling these days? I mean, he can, tends to be a little hovery and anxious sometimes, so... Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> is he sticking a little too close to home right now, or...? He is very, very protective. And I think he takes this role of being the protective father very seriously. I've been talking to his mom a lot, obviously. And he's the firstborn. And, he, and his older sister, older of the two, I mean, was born when he was five. And... She said that he was so protective of her that she would say, now, if you go out, let's say she was four and he was, what would he have been, nine. 
If you guys go out down to play, hold on to her hand. He, she said he would not let go of her hand. And she'd be like, let go, I want to play. And he'd be like, no, no, no. <laughs> just so, just, he just has a protective chip in his brain. And then he has a much, much younger sister who was born when he was 21. And his mother complains laughingly that he used to say things like, Mom, don't let her out of your sight. Like, if you go to the grocery store, hold her hand. And she'd be like, hello, I'm your mother. <laughs> I've, this is my third child. Like, you don't need to tell me to hold my daughter's hand. I know what to do. <laughs> and that's so typical of him. Like, I can just, to- I mean, knowing him as I know him, you know. What do you think he's going to be like on the... Oh, I think on the day the baby's born, he'll be just blissed out of his mind. I'm not worried about that. I'm worried about down the road when he's (sighs) being a protective father, overprotective father. I I do worry about that because, you know, I want my kid to obviously be protected, but also have freedom to make his own mistakes and get dirty and get into trouble. You know, hopefully not bad trouble, but, you know, you need to do that as a kid. If you don't get that, you can sometimes go the other direction and really become wild and, or you become repressed, you know, it's like one of the two. (laughs) So both bad. Yeah. So I do worry about that a little bit, but I suppose, you know, having someone who cares a lot is better than, uh, it's better than the alternative. But you don't think that as far as when you're in labor, he's going to be too much of an anxious presence. I do worry about that. I do. I'm hoping he won't, but as a precaution, I'm, uh, I'm having my sister-in-law, my older of the two sisters-in-law there in case I need a different birthing partner. She is not a mother, but she's a very calming influence. She's kind of like the polar opposite of her brother. So she's the type of person I could easily see sort of like stepping in if I'm having an issue with a nurse and, you know, I need, if I want to do something differently and I can see her explaining it in a very diplomatic way. So I really like that about her and I'm really close to her. So I would ideally like to have them both. That was my first idea. They're like, no, you can't have both, but you can have one at a time. Like you can have like tag team. So she's going to be my backup person. Well, we we should... Um, leave it there because we're getting long but is there anything you want to leave everyone with (laughs) (laughs) well before let me just say um, that I'm looking forward to getting over there and meeting the baby I can't wait so anyway is there anything you want to leave us with I would just say that any prayers or well wishes are definitely appreciated so if you're the praying type say a prayer for me that everything goes well Yes. And if you'd like to write a note, you can email Tiffany at bittersweetlife at mail.com. Spelled M-A-I-L. Not like the mail type of Claudio. <laughs> bittersweetlife at mail.com. Well, we're, I'm going to miss you. But the good thing is we're going to see each other in person soon. And it's been a long time. Yeah. And won't it be nice to do some of these episodes in the same room together? That'll be amazing. Yeah, to do or out on the street in Rome would be even cooler. Yes, let's do that. All right. Well, until next time. Good luck, Tiffany. Thank Keep me you. posted on how it's going. Oh, I will. I'll, I'll be sending you tweets from uh, from the delivery room. Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. I, I won't be doing that. <laughs> that would be very exciting. That would be a reason to subscribe to our no, Twitter pe- feed. People do that. People face live Facebook their birth, or a lot of times like the husband will do it. Whatever like is going on with his wife. 
too much for me. It's like I can't. Sometimes you have to disconnect. Like there are some moments in life that should not be broadcast. Well, what if it's really slow, though? Maybe you'll throw a Twitter post up. In the delivery if it's, room. If it's really slow, I, I can see that a, a couple of Twitter posts happening. No, I'm just kidding. Don't do it. Just enjoy the time. No, I mean, if it's really slow, if I'm just sitting there like waiting, if your water breaks, you have to go into the hospital, but you might not have started contractions yet. So you might just literally be sitting there reading a book, like bored out of your mind. So Well, still, that will be your last moment of alone time. So you should enjoy it. <sighs> You're making this all sound so final. <laughs> I know. Like, I'm acting like you're going to die it, or something. Life as I know it is about to end, and it's just a <laughs> countdown. <laughs> I know. What does that mean about me? What does that say about me? Good grief. I don't know. I think, so maybe, I think maybe now I, I think now I understand why you don't have kids yet. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, sorry. <sighs> it's going to be sunshine and roses, and the best part of your life is about to begin. Let's just put it that way. That's what my mom keeps telling me. It probably is true. It probably is true. Think about how boring this would be if we were just doing just this for 10 years from now. Right? Mm, okay. I'm going to try to pretend that changing diapers and cleaning up vomit and not sleeping is not going to be boring. But okay. I'm sure. I'm sure you're right. I'm sure you're yeah, right. It's going to be great. Every day is going to be a miracle. <laughs> okay. And you can tell us all about it as soon as you're back. Okay, I will, I will do that. I'm Tiffany Parks. Join us again. Thanks for all the ways you support us. Give us a good rating on iTunes, maybe five stars if you like. Okay, the show. so there we go. Help other We're back to present day from our journey back to 2015. And I don't know what happened with the audio there. It seemed like my name, <laughs> me signing off was somehow missing. I know. Uh, I would end of the episode. So professional. So <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> Katie, things, things do happen. And uh, when you are doing it all on your own and you don't have assistance. And uh, at that time, clearly I was not giving you a lot of support because I was probably giving birth when you when you put that up. No. <laughs> I looked at the date on that. It was actually, it didn't get published until August 23rd. So Aurelia was just over two weeks old. And so I wasn't there to like check it for you as I usually do. And so it is totally understandable that once in a while a mistake slips by. So don't be too hard on yourself. Yes, it's actually a miracle that this show survived the, <laughs> the weeks of absence after that, because I had to come up with a weekly show just on my own without you, you know, trying to find guests and keep it really interesting during this absence. Yeah. How long did you do that? Like, I don't, I don't even know. know how long that went uh, on. I, I know over a month, maybe two months. Yeah. I'm not, I don't remember. It probably picked back up again when you came to Rome, which was the very beginning of September. But we, we definitely ended a little bit sooner than I gave birth. So it was probably a month and a half, I would say. At least. Well, and I think what we'd done actually was you and I had taped a ton of episodes uh-huh. prior. That makes sense. So that when we said goodbye, I think it comes out later because we had we had pre-taped enough. To, so I think you were actually gone longer than it sounded like you were gone. Okay. Yeah. But I don't really remember. But what stood out to me on this episode, two things that I wanted to follow up with you on. One, the big debate about the names. <laughs> that happened in this and one I had forgotten that listeners had submitted so many name possibilities Mm -hmm. I I felt warmly remembering that Um, but two I had not remembered how undecided you were Mm. and I wanted to ask 
now that it's five years later, were you really that undecided or did you know that you were going aiming no. toward Aurelio <laughs> at that point? Aurelio was my number one choice. It had been for a while, especially because so many of the, the names that I loved, which I had forgotten about. I forgot that I loved the name Orlando. I still love that name. Um, and there were a couple of others that I didn't mention on the show, like Amedeo. Maybe I was still hoping that that might be in the, uh, in the running. Um, I knew that Orlando was not going to... He just laughed that off. Same with Lysander. Like that, <laughs> there were a couple of names that were just... There was no chance of. Aurelio was my number one pick and it was something that he had not outright refused what i think is that he sort of played it down like oh i don't really like that name when in fact he probably liked it okay because actually the reason i came up with that name i didn't actually come up with it when my friend jenny was pregnant with her second who was a boy uh, we were all sitting around it was thanksgiving we were all sitting around talking names uh, at a big thanksgiving dinner and i really and claudio said what about aurelio and everyone was like oh that's such a nice name and it just stuck with me and she didn't name her son that and i just kind of kept it in my you know in the back of my head for the day that i would have a kid and uh, so I knew that he couldn't hate it if he had suggested it, but he was kind of playing it down like, oh, I don't really like that. Because I think he wanted, you know, he wanted it to be a, um, how do I put this? If, if you pretend you don't like the name that your partner really loves, if then you were like, okay, all right, they're going to be so happy that you're accepting their name. You know what I mean? That they're going to be like, okay, I'll take anything else. Like middle <laughs> name, you can pick it, you know? So I don't think it was his number one name, but I think he liked the name and I know that he likes it now. I probably describe how we picked the name in the episode called, what was it called, Birth? I can't remember what we called it, but there were, we did an episode shortly after the birth, probably the first episode I was on after his birth, and I talk about the actual childbirth, and I can't remember if I mentioned how we picked his name, but you know the, the few last days before I had the baby, in Italy, you have to go in every day once you're overdue. Uh, every single day you have to go into the hospital and do a monitoring where they like put that little sensor on your stomach and they listen to the uh, heartbeat, but not just the heartbeat. They, they uh, see if you're having contractions because like there are some early contractions that you can't actually feel. They just do this to make sure everything's okay. And so we were, we were constantly in the waiting room of the hospital every morning and we were going through names. And I just remember I have a piece of paper that we were like, okay, he was like four days late, four or five days late. We were sitting there. We were like, we have got to come up with a name. And we kind of just said, okay, what are the names that you can accept? And what are the names that I can accept? <laughs> you know, one of his top names was Henry. And I was like, okay, I can accept that. It's not my first pick, but it doesn't totally turn me off. And another one was Samuel, which is my father's name. You would think that I would have been like the one pressing for that name, but he really loved that name. But then there were some others of his that I was just like, nope, not going to happen. Absolutely zero chance of Jared or um, I don't know. What the ones you listed in the show were just classic just <laughs> so funny Seth and Ben but anyway the point is Aurelio was one of the ones that he had sort of accepted quote unquote on my side so I knew it was in the running and then when I was giving birth I thought that after he was born and I had had a chance to like calm down a little bit they would ask us to fill out you know the thing and tell them the name but she asked the midwife asked me while I was pushing which I really don't appreciate and I kind of felt like 
I was put in a situation where she was like, you have to tell me now, which was really just ridiculous. Because of course that's not true. Like what if there had been an emergency and I had lost consciousness? I mean, like you can't expect, what if he'd been born right away before we, you know, barely arrive at the hospital? So I, looking back now, I know she was making it up, but she <laughs> said, you have to tell me right now as I'm filling out the form right now. Yeah. My mind was totally blank. Like I couldn't think of a single name. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't think about anything at that point. And Claudia just said, his name is Aurelio uh, because he knew that that was the name that I wanted. And he'd so seen me go through hell for like the past 12 hours almost. So Did he get to pick the middle name then? Yeah, yeah. And I think he likes the name. Oh, another name he really liked, Katie, and don't cringe, is Phoenix. <laughs> okay? Oh, wow. I know, I know. <laughs> I would not have named my child Phoenix. It was not on my like okay list. But I said to him, because I knew, he knew how much I wanted Aurelio And I said, you know, if you want to call him, give him Phoenix as a middle name, like you can do that. And he's like, no, let's call him Samuel for his middle name for my dad. And I was like, are you sure? Both names for me, kind of. And he's like, yeah, I'm sure. (laughs) Well, he gets the last name. That's what I've always (laughs) said. That's what I've always said. You know, it's tradition in Italy, especially if you're from Southern Italy, to name the firstborn son after the paternal grandfather. It is a huge tradition that's that many families, it's not even an option. There's not even a discussion about it. And I have an acquaintance who, she named her son a name that she did not like. Luckily, he has got a cute nickname. But she said, I didn't have a choice. That was, you know, it was my father-in-law's name. There was literally no choice. And I thought to myself, yeah, that wouldn't have worked with me. You get the last name, you know? Mm -hmm. I'll pick the first name. Thank you very much. The the grandfather shouldn't get his first and last name. It's just totally ridiculous. (laughs) What would his name have been if uh, you'd gone with that tradition? Oh, Rocco. (laughs) (laughs) Or Rocco, as we would say in English. There's no way I was going to name my kid Rocco. Yeah. Just just no way. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So another thing that struck me in listening back to this was your worries about what kind of a parent Claudio would be. Yeah. Now that we know, now that we're five years in, were the worries warranted? Yes. <laughs> Short answer, yes. <laughs> yeah. Details, please. Well, he's a worry wart. My husband's a worry wart. That's a nice way of saying it. He's overcautious. It drives me nuts because I know myself. I'm not like a total free-for-all, do-whatever-you-want. I'm really not. I think I'm kind of in the middle. But he makes me feel like I'm almost too negligent. He would never use the word negligent, but just too, a little bit too carefree. But I feel like I have to be, I have to force myself to be as carefree and loosey-goosey as possible to make up for how cautious and careful and, quote, almost controlling that Claudio is. And I don't know what the teenage years will bring. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't even think about it. I didn't even think that far. That's going to be a nightmare. Yeah. But like right now, I really has a little bit of a cough. He's really okay. I don't think he's sick. But but my son does have a tendency to have bronchial problems. And he's had that problem since he was one year old. So his worries are not completely unfounded. But in this time of COVID, you know, uh, we have to be much more careful. And since he's back in school, the rules are much stricter. I mean, you can't bring your kid to school if they basically have any symptoms at all. Today, I really was home from school. Thank you. It's been one week. (laughs) (laughs) One precious week. And, uh, you know, Claudio went to work and he just is like, you know, make sure you take his temperature at least three times. Take his temperature for six minutes. It's like, you don't, you know, we have the old fashioned glass thermometer. Okay. We don't have the fancy like 
clicky clicky in a second thermometer, which to be honest, I don't think they're as good. So I'm fine with a glass thermometer, but you have to keep it in there like for a while. Yeah. In Italy, you don't put it in the mouth, you put it underneath the armpit. But anyway, it takes a couple minutes. It takes like three minutes, but he's like, six minutes, put the timer on for six minutes. You gotta be kidding. He's about to walk in the door. (laughs) I'm gonna stop talking about him. We'll leave it there. (laughs) We'll leave that discussion there. We'll leave that there. It's okay, but it, you know, like I said, I have to overcorrect sometimes. Well, since you won't know what I'm asking you, can you say whether or not you actually did it? Oh, yeah. I mean, five minutes. I did five minutes. (laughs) I have to have my little rebellions. So that Claudio's now shuffling around in the background. So he, he'll be like our special guest star yeah. of this episode. What struck you from that discussion? One of the things that struck me was I keep saying like, I do worry about sleepless nights, but you know, that'll, that'll last, I don't know, a few months or something. I just had this thought, I just had this assumption that, I mean, every, every mother-to-be knows that for the first months of life, children don't sleep. They wake up every couple of hours and it's just, it's just something that happens and there's no way to avoid it and every parent knows that and they psych themselves up for it Mm -hmm. but you sort of assume that your kids will grow out of that after three four months you know and I really just didn't grow out of that for two years after two years he got better he got to the point where he was waking up just one or two times a night he didn't start sleeping through the night until a couple months ago (laughs) (laughs) I mean regularly like he slept through the night the first time he slept through the night he was probably one and a half, but he didn't do it on a regular basis, like five, six times a week until he was over four years old. So you were underestimating the pain that was before you. I was really, yeah, yeah, I had no idea. See, and I'm being so doomsday at the end of that episode. You were. Uh, partly as a joke, mm-hmm. <laughs> but partly because I also, I think, as a friend and a co-worker with you on this show, was worried of about what it would mean for us for our show <laughs> going forward <laughs> yeah well yeah. what I think that I underestimated as well like I think in that episode I talk a lot about oh you know I won't be able to travel as much I won't be able to just pick up and move somewhere new just like that I'll have to think about school and this and that and that's all true but what I didn't really probably understand was how little work you're able to get done with a child around. Mm-hmm. I know it does get better, and it is already getting better. But I mean, from newborn babies who, you know, quote unquote, sleep all the time, supposedly, to five-year-olds who should be able to play alone, you know, and are self-sufficient in the sense that like they can be in their room by themselves and they're not going to probably have anything catastrophic happen. Um, and all obviously everywhere in between, Every moment has its own challenges and it's not like, okay, now my kid is two and can play by himself. So now everything is okay. Or now my kid is three or now my kid is five. It's like it, for me, at least, like I said, I know it will get better because obviously when you have a teenager, your teenager is going to like shut himself in his room all day (laughs) if he can, you know, if if you let him. But up until five, you know, there's never been a time when I am at home alone with him that I can get any significant amount of work done. Right. And that's kind of hit home a little bit today because I I had him home with me, you know. And I've had him home with me for a long time though to be, you know, to be honest since March basically. Yes, yes. But you really you have this uh expectation even if you know it's not true. Like even if you have the experience to know it's not true. Nevertheless, I always have this expectation. I remember I used to tell you this when I was working full time and I only had the weekends 
quote unquote free, I used to think to myself and plan my weekend and be like, I'm going to do so much. I'm going to get this done. I'm going to get that done. I'm gonna... And every weekend we'd come and every single time it would be like, I haven't got nothing done. <laughs> yeah. Because they just have a way of sucking your attention. Yeah. Even if like you can get them to the point where they're playing alone in the room and you're sitting in another room working. I can only speak for my son, but you know, it's, it's constant. It's mama, come and play with me. Or mom, look at this, what I did. Or can you come help me with this? Or mom, I have to go to the bathroom. Or mom, I need to blow my nose. Or, you know, it's just, it's just, you can't get more than like four or five minutes put together of time. And I think that is really what you can't know unless you've been there. Because you think, oh, it's going to be okay. You know, I remember when I was a newborn and I was like trying to come up with some kind of a, like a sling so that I could breastfeed him and have my hands free to type. <laughs> you always try to find a workaround, but it's kind of impossible. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess we'll see what five more years brings, assuming this show is, still exists. Yeah. I do want to say, uh, you know, when we talked about, you talked about your friends who were like, don't have a child, <laughs> you know, and you're like, now they probably are thrilled. And <laughs> really? <laughs> Are they regretting They did it? have another kid. Oh my gosh, that's surprising. But that first child, as charming and cute as she is, it's my understanding that she is still quite a handful. The cute ones always are. <laughs> <laughs> but I, for, for me, and you know, I can't speak for other parents, but uh, definitely best decision ever having him. Like, I can't imagine my life without him. It just wouldn't be the same. It would be so sad. <laughs> not that, not, I mean, sad for me. Not, I'm not saying that if people don't have kids, their lives are sad. Not at all. But for me, knowing what I would be missing out on, like I just... And that does make me wonder sometimes. The second child, mm-hmm. you, what are you missing out on when you decide not to have that second child? And, and, you know, that'll always be a big question mark. But I'm glad I have him. All right. We'll leave it there. Hope you enjoyed this bonus episode, this trip down memory lane. I certainly did. It's fun to listen back to uh, the younger us. It is. Yeah. And it's great to have memories solidified like in ice. Yes. uh, That we can go back and uh, relive anytime we want. Feel free to nominate an episode if you want or a topic matter for us to listen back to for next month. Just send us a note. And until next time, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. Bye. If you love this show you have the ability to keep it going. There are three things that you can do right now. First, tell a friend about it. Send a text to someone today. Or make a social media post and tag us. Second, write a review on Apple Podcasts. If you need help doing it, just ask us. Third, vote with your dollars. You pay to visit a museum. You pay to rent a movie online. If you get some enjoyment from this show, become a patron at patreon.com slash thebittersweetlifepodcast or donate at our website, thebittersweetlife.net. Thank you for taking action. Talk to you next week. Bye.